0: Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. My name is Catherine, AKA Retro Barbie, hashtag Bright Hair Dark Liquor. I created this space as an invitation for black men to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too. Thank you, Felix, for sitting down with me today. Oh, yes, let's take a shot to our nice little intro. Hey! Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. How do you define a healthy
1: relationship? Hmm. I don't know. To be completely honest with you, I I think I'm still figuring it out. I don't think anyone has it figured out. Um, I think the closest thing to a healthy relationship is possibly understanding the other person and understanding that they're not perfect. Because um, I think a lot of times we go into this space of like, oh, okay, you know, I'm gonna be in the perfect relationship, and Beyonce and Jay-Z, and you know, all these like, power couples, oh, right. all these power couples or whatever, and it's like, I mean, you see it online, and it looks perfect, but I'm sure they have their struggles. I mean, we've all listened to Lemonade, maybe not you. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's understanding the flaws of the other person, but also understanding yourself, and what you're capable of, d- of doing, um, and what you can and cannot handle That's honestly what I think I think
0: mean, that's a fair viewpoint to have and everyone's definition is different too but with that, do you have any examples of healthy relationships from growing up to even now? <sighs> um... It's
1: got to be at least one. Well, I, I think there's healthy aspects to certain relationships okay. I don't think every relationship is healthy Mm-hmm. Per se, uh, from, from, you know, from top to bottom. I think there's certain things, that, and I think that's it's a fair statement to make when you're talking about friendships and relationships. Like, there's certain mm-hmm. things you like about your mm-hmm. friends, and then there's things that just piss you the fuck off.
0: Mm-hmm. How would you say you're watching the relationship with your father and your mother played an impact into the relationships that you have in your current life? Past sense current.
1: That's an interesting one. Um, so I, my... Real dad and my mom didn't have much of a relationship. Um, my real dad kind of left the picture when I was, before I was even born. Um, so my stepdad is the one who raised me, came into my life when I was six months. Um, so that's the relationship that I've seen. But I will say that based on my mom's relationship with my real dad and seeing how that kind of not flourish <laughs> throughout the years, but it was like, it was, it was always like a constant battle and there was like constant misunderstandings and like, and I know this now as an adult as a kid, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Um, but I think that watching the way they treated each other, you know, because I would, I, when I was a kid, it's like, oh, why my dad did this or whatever. As I'm older now, I'm like, okay, I can see where, and I know my mom. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, I, I can see how that happened. Um, but I think it's affected my relationships now um, where I'm, I'm a little bit more understanding. Well, at least I'm a little bit more open to hearing the other person out instead of just jumping to conclusions, which I do often. I still do. So I jump to conclusions first, and then I backtrack or backtrack And then I'm like, okay, no, I need to hear you out, and I need to understand. What do you outwardly
0: from. jump to conclusions? <laughs> like, okay,
1: Yeah in every way, shape, and form, you see it, it's written all over my face, so,
0: yeah.
1: Okay.
0: and then, with that, did you see infidelity growing up?
1: Um, I didn't see infidelity per se, I know that my mom and my real dad, again, like, that kind of came about, or their relationship uh, is a product of infidelity, if that makes sense, um, so I saw that, not happening in front of me but I heard the stories and the narrative that was placed around it was very negative for me and I think Jesus I never spoke to Katie about this but it makes sense like this is why I'm so anti
0: and for those who don't know Katie is your therapist yeah, yeah she is, she is. She is. She is they're wondering,
1: Katie. yeah Katie is my therapist I love her
0: yeah. so it's
1: weird I don't like infidelity and that's why Katie, we have to talk.
0: (laughs) In your opinion, from your experience, what do you think leads me to cheat? Hmm.
1: From personal experience? Because I've been cheated on. Okay. Um, And the one constant... Because I had to kind of take a look back and was like, why have I been cheated on more than once? Like, am I the problem? What did I do? Um, And I think that the general consensus with my partners has been... um, that there's a lack of attention on my end. So what I think is positive attention um, is not exactly what they require. So I'm more of a caregiver, like, okay, you need this, I got you. You need, you need, know, I'm going to take care of the house, I'm going to take care of where I have to go out and work. You know, it's almost like the whole man-woman thing, whatever. Um, but that's not necessarily what my partners are looking for all the time. That's one aspect of it. Um, so I think for me, it's like, how do I balance it all out? Because I, I do have a romantic side. I just don't show it as much. And it takes me a while to get there. And I think that sometimes I've dated people that want me to be that romantic person right away. And I'm not. Okay. takes time. There's So there's layers. So yeah. yeah. It don't just happen from one, you know, from one, oh my god, I'm so in love. No. No, I'm still getting to know you, like, oh, okay, you like the, okay, cool, we, oh, oh, okay. For me, it's it's much slower, it's like, there's a level of understanding, and I think once you get past that, and you both know each other
0: very well, then you can have a really good relationship. Some people just want it right away. Okay, and do you, were you able to reflect that those that wanted it right away were the ones that stepped out on your relationship? Yes. Okay. So do you incorporate that? In going into your next relationships, your current relationships, no, right? of course Let me... not. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. Why would I? Why would I? Because that's so another conversation way. for Katie. Yeah, a whole other conversation. We're just gonna yeah. write down yeah. the yeah. topics for Katie. Got yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what would you think would hypothetically make you cheat on a partner? Do you ever see yourself stepping out in your relationship, or is that something that's morally instilled in you? Um, that's a
1: tough. One. That's a really, really tough one because I don't know, I don't know, like you have to, I, I, I don't know, I can't answer that.
0: And within the gay community, do you see that it's more openly accepted for stepping out of relationships being the fact that it's all men?
1: I think that it's like 50-50. So we really enjoy this whole open relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Um... And honestly, I think that's more of a white man kind of idea, although people of color are kind of grasping onto it nowadays or being more open about it. Um, but I think that, especially me being Latin, um, you know, it's like, we don't play that. Like, you are mine, and that is it. And yeah, you know? So it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's, it's cheating. I think cheating is more forgivable within the gay community as opposed to, actually, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, not really, because straight people forgive all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, how many women forgive their husbands and vice versa, like, for, for stepping out? So, uh, I don't know. It's it's Every case is different. Yeah. But we do, you know, we have that whole open relationship thing, and we're kind of open about it. Do you think it's a double standard, though, within
0: the community versus homosexual relationships versus heterosexual relationships?
1: A double standard within the community
0: in general? Of having an open relationship. Personally, yes. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really for it. Um,
1: it's just, it's... I don't know, there's so many layers to a relationship that having an open relationship... I guess it's not that I'm not for it, it's just you both have to have an understanding of what it is that you're doing and what the boundaries are. I think boundaries is really what makes it okay. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. definitely. Because yeah. for me, personally, if you're my partner, right... And you step out in a relationship and you simply just have sex with somebody else, I'm not that mad. I'm actually more upset at the fact that you would pursue um, an emotional relationship with someone. So you hook up with someone and then you're texting each other, and it's like this kind of like this whole idea of like, oh, I want you inside of me, or whatever the case may be. That I have a problem with. The actual physicality of it, I really don't care. So, see, it, it varies amongst people. Like, do you see cheating the same as? Crossing the line in general, or is it different? If it's physical content, uh, phys- physical connection versus okay. just like somebody hitting up your partner out of the blue, I say like and an then like, like, yeah. like does it does it matter or does it doesn't it matter? But it depends, right? So for me, if someone is hitting up my partner on the DMs, that that to me is not considered cheating. Now, if my partner is entertaining the, yeah, entertaining. It. Depending on how the end what, what level of entertainment, you know, oh, hey you cute. Oh, thanks. That's not into the issue Somebody gave you a compliment. I'm talking yeah. about yo, what's good? They, they, they <laughs>
0: Like they going back on a, well, on yeah, a, like that, that, You can that. see
1: scrolls. That view? to me to me is like they like they with you And then they text me on their phone. Well, you with me? They, uh uh-huh. they, you know, they, they <laughs> Conversation. In know. Uh-huh, that is cheating. Okay, by all means 100% and do, do you feel like it's the same? It has the same weight as somebody who goes to a whole nother level with it and actually is like having sex with the person? Well, yeah. I mean, if if you started off on that conversation level and now you're having sex with that person, by all means, because now you've developed an emotional and a physical. You could have a partner and it could all be good and dandy. That doesn't mean you need to go and have unprotected sex with them. Right, and, and as I think this coming far. From, from the gay community, right, because it's so prevalent in our community to get STDs, and it's prevalent in every community, they just highlight yeah. what happens in the as My problem with today, yeah. I think that we get so comfortable without understanding, like, the generation we're living in compared to, like, our, our parents. There's more shit that we're prone towards, and we gotta be more careful. I think that should be more of a conversation. And Disagree with you on that. No. One. Mm-mm. It's the same thing. They were prone to the same things that they we're prone to. to, they just didn't have the access that we had. Right? Okay. We have social media. We have all these platforms now, but like I know people in the medical field and they're like, oh my god My patients are like 50, 60, 70, and they have XYZ. And I'm like, really? Like it's mind-boggling because you would never think of these older people back in the day going through these things But they went through the same things that we're going through now. Mm-hmm. We just have more access to information. So that's, yeah. What defines manhood to you? Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of I don't know. Yeah, no I, no, I really don't know. And I don't know because I feel like we have these predisposed notions of what manhood should be.
0: Right. And, and what would those be?
1: Gotta take care of the family. You gotta, pretty much you're the caretaker. You're the breadwinner, you're the caretaker, you're, you know, insensitive. You're so many things that it's like, am I? Like, am I that person? I don't know. Or or is that what manhood really means? Because if you look back and if I start thinking back to my stepdad who raised me, yeah, he took care of the family. He made sure that we were financially well. He made sure that we always had food, all that other stuff. But there's an emotional aspect to that relationship that was not necessarily there all the time. And it's like, but I need that too as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, if that what manhood is supposed to represent, because if it is, then it's not that great, you know. Cause,
0: so how would you change the definition of manhood?
1: So each of own. What's yours? Um, I think as cliché as it may sound, living in my truth. So knowing what I'm good at, knowing what I'm not good at, understanding my flaws, understanding, you know, what I can work on, um, and what I'm great at, and putting that forth. I think honesty and being honest with yourself and being honest with everybody else is really what's going to create that turning point to what manhood, womanhood or anything is. It's like, no, I'm a person and this is what my person is. This is what my person does. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And how can we meet in the middle? Whether that's in a romantic relationship and a friendship and your kids, all that other stuff. Sometimes we look at our parents like they, they're Superman and Super It's like, no, nah, they are they're right as well. fucked up as we are. And they have good things and bad things. And right. we, as kids, need to uh, understand that as well. But I think honesty is what manhood should be. I
0: like that. Yeah. You brought up kids. And I did want to touch on your chocolate a little bit. You grew up in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And the Bronx is one of those tough neighborhoods <laughs> or tough boroughs, I should say. Um, how was growing up in the Bronx with you being Latino gay male or gay child? Um, it was good and bad. Okay. Um,
1: and honestly it was more good than it was bad on the outskirts. So like, um, my experiences growing up in the Bronx, uh, were amazing. The play street, the, the punk being open in the summertime, you know, playing around with my friends, like just running around and. I also grew up at a time where New York felt a little freer. It, didn't, it, it was dangerous. My, my neighborhood was very, very, very dangerous. Um, like, very dangerous. People would get shot all the time. And people, it was just, it was a lot going on. Um, I actually grew up not too far from where Junior was assassinated. Oh. Yeah. So, it wasn't that, it wasn't a great neighborhood per se. But, when you lived there, everyone knew you. So there was a sense of community that I feel New York is lacking at the moment. Um, transplants coming in. Yeah, all the transplants and all the gentrification and all that other stuff. Um, but, yeah, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. On the flip side, you know, I always knew I was a little different than everyone else. I didn't know I was that different, right? Because I used to do the same thing that everyone else used to do. But then as I got older, um, and probably middle school, I was like, wait a minute. I'm a little I'm a weird. Um, whatever that meant. And uh, I don't know. I grew. So you're
0: using weird and different to say that you were a homosexual. Exactly.
1: Because okay. I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it meant before. Like I was like, oh, I don't know what the about games. Like I don't know. I'm just different. I don't. I don't know. Um, so yeah. So I started gravitating more towards the city. So in my mind, it was like you know I want to go to high school in Manhattan. I want to do this, and I didn't know why. It wasn't until eventually when I was in the city and I started hanging out with people and I met Warren. And I was like, oh, this is why I
0: wanted to go to school in the city.
1: Because <laughs> I can be myself a little bit more.
0: Do you feel like you couldn't be yourself in the Bronx because it was this idea of this toxic masculinity running around?
1: Yeah. It was It was a combination of to- toxic masculinity and just ignorance. There were things that people would say that I'm like, what? Like, that makes like no sense. Like, um, oh my god, now you really got me going back. Um... Well, it could, it could be something as simple as we're watching the news, and they're like, oh, you know, she got raped because she wanted to, and blah, 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 because she was wearing that little... And I would think, and you know, I used to watch TRL and then TV and all these shows, and I, I would see women, you know, dressed in more prerogative ways, but they were professional women, they were singers, they were, you know, those people. So, it was like, well, no, maybe they were just going to work. I don't know what they were doing, but like, why... There was always, now that you mentioned the whole toxic masculinity thing, there was always this hatred towards women. It was almost like it was always the woman's fault. Like, oh, she—that happened to her because of you know because she was dressed like that, or that happened to her because she's stupid, or she should never been over there. Like, what you mean she should never been over there? We can all go over there when we want. So yeah, so that I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it back, um, I do think that toxic masculinity plays such played such a big role in my. Uh, Upbringing, because it was always a level of women not being able to do certain things, and I think me as a different kid, it was like, oh, I'm like one of those women that can't do X Y Z because men won't allow it, like and I'm Dominican, so that's a whole other thing on the side.
0: What thing does you being Dominican? Oh my god,
1: <laughs> how do I begin? We all gotta be baseball players, right? We all gotta like sports. We all gotta like all these things. So I was putting baseball. I was putting all these masculine centered things and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Literally, I just wanna be with my mom. I am a mom for But it's like, I just wanna be next to my mom. I don't wanna talk to nobody. I don't wanna mess with nobody. I don't wanna play what the boys are playing. I don't wanna do that.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, do you believe the pressure of what society deems like a black man, a Dominican man, a man of color, and lessons from childhood of what being a man means plays a part in toxic masculine traits. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course, because even even for me as a gay man, it's
1: like um, there are certain things going back to the whole relationship aspect of it and me always thinking that I have to be the caretaker and I have to be the breadwinner and I have to make sure that my partner is okay on a financial level and just everything else in between, that derives from that belief. Since when I was a kid. So.
0: so how do men break out of that?
1: It's hard. It's hard. I think it's understanding once you're there. It's understanding how to tweak it to what best fits your life at the moment. So I can't be the breadwinner all the time. I can't be the person in charge all the time. And I need to be okay with myself and say, listen, I know that normally I'm the one that pays this bill, but I need you to step it, step up and pay this bill for me or let's go half and half or let's do something like that it's I think going back to honesty just have to be honest with yourself and your partner and everyone else around you yeah. you brought the interesting point of being Dominican
0: it was like the sense of you have to be a baseball player so I wanted to dive into that a little bit and when it comes to stereotypes what other stereotypes have you been hyped with growing up and even currently so childhood stereotypes to today's stereotypes and that can be with being Dominican being um, a gay man mm-hmm. I mean, the most prevalent one is my body type. So my body
1: type and being a gay man, it's like, oh, but you have these broad shoulders, you have to be a detective.
0: <laughs> i never heard that.
1: Who the hell said, because I could protect people, right? Because, you know, or you could be a bodyguard or something like that. Okay. Or you could be a football player.
0: I don't know. <laughs> me?
1: Honestly, you me <laughs> um, You know, there was just on a physical level, it was like, oh, you don't, you don't look like you're gay. Oh my god, that used to kill me. It's like, oh so what am I supposed to look like? Like am I supposed to be a sissy boy? Like they used to call me when I was a kid, like and I didn't know what the hell that meant. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um I'm a fifteen. I was a fifteen. Um so yeah, so it's like for me physically, I got a lot of that. Oh, okay. you know, you the you a man and you got some shoulders and all this stuff and I'm like, Oh okay, like
0: I will be the man. Sure has any of your experiences with stereotyping made you alter your appearance, the way you talk, the way you dress?
1: So yeah, so has it, yeah, it did make an impact on like how I made sure I looked on a physical level. So like, you know, I didn't start wearing skinny jeans until well after skinny jeans were a thing because it's like, oh, I just got to wear the baggy pants so that I can fit into Ooh. what they want me to look like. Um, so yeah, def- definitely. Definitely. It was, it was, the, I didn't even, I always wanted earrings, and I ne- had never gotten them, because I'm like, well, if I get two earrings, I'm going to look like a girl, or whatever the case is, because before it was like, you either got on the left side or the right side, and I'm like, no, but I want both, <laughs> and it's not because I think I'm a girl, and I never thought I was a girl, so it's like, you know, because they, they also think, when you're gay, you're a woman. Mm-hmm. No.
0: Not. i just like women. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. But um, how do you respond when you were perceived in
1: those stereotypes? Um, I'm say, thinking back at it, it was cringeworthy because I would try to find other ways to respond to the conversation or just be like, oh no, it's whatever. Like no, like just play it off, and I'm really horrible at playing things off. because um, I, yeah, everything's on my face. Um, but that it, it was almost like like a turtle, like you just want to crawl back into your shell because you're like that the spotlight is on you, and that you're trying to be something that you're not. Because now I have to hide the fact that I'm gay completely. And I feel like whatever I'm saying to you, or whatever, however I'm responding, I look like the gayest person on the planet, and like, it's not allowed. Yeah. So what type of message are you currently trying
0: to send to your peers, as well as the youth, when it comes to your brand, um, your appearance?
1: I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, because it's something that I still struggle with, and I've gotten better. So, you know, it's like having a business in DR and constantly going back and forth and just seeing the toxic masculinity masculinity there, and then dealing with it a little bit here, I'm still not confused, because I know who I am and what I want and what I want to do, but I'm confused as to how to go about it with the world, and how to put that out there, and it's like, how do I teeter between who I am and who you want me to be. And it's something that is very, um, it's very prevalent to my life on a regular basis. I was on the train last week on Tuesday, um, going to an event and somebody pulled the emergency brakes, whatever, so we're walking through the, the car. Yeah, it was horrible. And there is a group of four Dominican men who don't know each other and they were talking about a woman on the train But she had masculine features so they're like oh, it's probably a man It's probably men and then they start talking about the gay community and I literally I was like where the hell is my shell? Like, I just want to and I was listening to my music. I wasn't even a part of it They weren't looking at me. They were talking about me, but I just felt like the spotlight was on me and it's like how do I? I almost wanted to say something to them, but then it's like No, just mind your business. It's none of your business. But what what do you do in that situation? Like for me, on an emotional level, it was kind of like I was
0: having internal conflicts the whole time. Yeah. Because you want to course correct. Yeah. But then you're afraid of how it's received. Exactly. But I think it's good to have these conversations, and I encourage you to have those whenever you feel in a safe space to be able to do so. TBD. I'm straight today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Felix, for sitting down and sharing your truth with me today. Thank you for having me. Okay. Um, is there anything that you want to leave the folks
1: with? Um, I think two things. One is what I tell people all the time. Never underestimate the person sitting next to you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, But that was you at one point because I didn't know you. And then mm-hmm. a lot of flourish fine. it. Um, and then the other is uh, be honest. I think, um, and when I say be honest, it's not just being honest in general with people. Be honest with yourself. Um, I think we always forget about that. Like we always put ourselves last because we wanna um, we wanna do things for everybody else. And I think we need to be honest with ourselves before anything, in order to fully succeed in life.
0: I like that. Yeah. And give us three songs that you use to express yourself whenever you're in any type of mood or feeling.
1: Okay. So the song that I listened to on my way here, um, Ariana Grande, Break Free. All right. It's one of those songs, and it's not because it's Ariana Grande. It's because of the message behind it and just the beat. It's like one of those, like, fuck it, just have a good time, let your hair down and have fun. Um, Let like your hair down. Yeah, all the time. Okay. Mhm. Last night, every every day. Um, and um, Macy Gray, I try. Um, what That song is freaking amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's one. I, it, it actually is. It probably is my favorite song ever. Okay. Um, and it, it, I play it at different times in my life, and it means different things. Um, so it's one of those songs that helps me get through certain things. Um, and then the last one, uh, Jesus, what's the name of that song? You know the know. Pete Diddy song with um. Which one? Faith Evans and everybody that they did for Biggie. That is originally by Sting. Oh. Everything. That song. There's something about that song that I just I love that song. And again, no matter what my mood is, if I listen to that song, it just makes me feel a little better.
0: Thank you for the vocals. Yeah. That's me thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Instagram at BlackMenCry2TOO and follow the hashtag hashtag blackmencry2T-O-O. What's up? It's at Retchabarbi92, the founder of hashtag BlackmenCry2. And I'm here to let y'all know about a product for you men that are constantly on the go, running around, standing on your feet all day, grinding, getting to the money, and suffering from a stank foot. It's called a foot buster. It's essentially a foot deodorant with cooling tea tree oil that offers a pleasant experience for the stank feet and allows you to take your shoes off in confidence. Never be embarrassed again when you're coming through on a late night slide. And to get 20% off and free shipping, head to manscaped.com and be sure you use the code BlackMenCry2TOO. Make your balls and your musty feet a priority this fall.